thirsty, my friends. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Touchdown, Packers! Football is life! Lana! What? <laughs> Danger zone. No! 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 Sack you out in the end. This is the way. It's morphin' time! The joyful and jolly Jessica Fish. Ew, David. And be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Hello, Wisconsin! Hello. I'm the doctor. No! Welcome one, welcome all, back to another fantastic episode of the Nerdiest Podcast in the Midwest. An episode where we're going to be talking about some great TV, especially on Disney+. Plus. Once again, this is the Midwesterners Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stoffel, joined as always by my co-host and partner in crime, K.O. Kyle Olson. We are your Midwestern nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to our show wherever you find and stream and listen to podcasts. Like I teased, this week we are diving back into episodes that happened last week because we are forever going to be the show that's playing catch up just because of how we record these things and how our schedules work. But last week was a great week. If you were a Star Wars fan, if you were a Marvel fan, the two big shows that are on right now, Andor is about halfway through right now. They had a phenomenal episode. And She-Hulk wrapped up with an episode nine that is kind of divisive, but we'll jump into our thoughts on it. But before we do that, first... Let's focus on Andor. This is part three of the second story arc in this first season, episode six. We finally jump into the heist that we've been building up to and developing over these past two episodes. Kyle, we talked about how phenomenal this episode is. How phenomenal was it for you? <laughs> I will give the same disclaimer that I gave to you before we hit record here. I watched... I made the mistake of watching She-Hulk before Andor this week <laughs> and was a tad bit distracted as we'll get into uh, some huge developments uh, in She-Hulk. But from what I did pay attention to, and again, I meant to rewatch so that I could talk about this episode, I rewatched She-Hulk twice instead of Andor once. So here we are. <laughs> um, that's not to say, though, that this wasn't a phenomenal episode because it was. It was like visually phenomenal. Um, the storytelling, like you, you, you made a great, a great call uh, a couple weeks ago with the three episode arcs makes a lot of sense. So this was a really good tie in, uh, from the last couple episodes here and to continue to build the overall story too. I think they're, they're balancing that quite well, uh, where it's, it is kind of a three episode arc, but they're still continuing that show long story very well. So I, I was, it was interesting to see what happened. I, there were a few things that I was like, okay, that's sure. Why not? Uh, I guess we need that to happen in the story. But there were also a few things where it was like, 
holy shit, didn't see that coming. So yeah, overall, I, I thought it was a very good episode. I am a- absolutely going to rewatch it uh, before I start into episode seven this week. Yeah, this was a phenomenal episode. I'm kind of in a similar boat as you. I didn't get the chance to rewatch it at all. And my first viewing of it was with me uh, puppy sitting the dog who usually when I watch Andor is snuggling up and snoozing away. But this time she was trying to be as big of a mongrel as she could being a typical puppy, but uh, doing all the things that she knew that she wasn't supposed to. So I was a bit distracted during this episode, but I enjoyed this episode immensely. This is the episode where, yes, we're halfway through the series, but at the same time, like if you didn't dig this episode, jump off the boat like don't even bother to try to trudge through at this point because clearly this isn't the show for you because this episode worked on so many levels we had the last two episodes that established the heist established the crew the second episode of that arc very much developed the crew got gave you a sense of who these characters were what kind of personalities they have and set up the stakes even more for this mission and then this third episode was the mission, and it was absolutely phenomenal. This episode showed how the Empire views the rest of the galaxy. It shows how certain people in the galaxy probably view the Empire, meaning like the, the tribe of people that are coming for this, um, that are making this trek for this event that happens like once a year, this religious event for them with... Um, it, it kind of reminds me of like the Northern Lights, like in mm. in Norway, like that kind of an event, but like on a much grander scale. Um, we get to see how how those people kind of view the Empire. I loved how much I hated the Imperial officer that we spent so much time uh, learning about, like him and his family before things really started to <laughs> really started to crank things up. As Midwesterners fashion goes, full on spoilers. So yep. uh, if you're if you're still with us and you haven't watched this, uh, if you don't mind being spoiled, stick around. If not, turn this off until you catch up. I love that we focus on this officer's weight and how tight <laughs> his uniform is to establish how like fat and like big headed and lazy the Empire gets. And I love the retort from his wife yep who who is like oh maybe it's not the way that i that i put it away and stored it perhaps you've expanded (laughs) yes (laughs) amazing so that sets up that character right away and then we jump into the mission and it everything seems to be going how it should and you're just waiting for that shoe to drop about things getting more complicated than than they were expecting and when that finally does happen the tensions are still high and this episode twists and turns more than i expected it to like as soon as i'm like oh i'm surprised that this person made it out oh nope just they 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 just waited and did it in a way that i did not expect and that breaks my heart even more oh this character made it that's cool i really like oh nope Never mind, he's a piece Never of mind. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that coming. Like this episode was just it was so great. And I the way it ended, it ends on a high note because we go we go back to uh Lucan 
who's now hearing about the news about uh, how this planet they got broken into because somebody comes to a shop. It's like, hey, you got any artifacts from this place? Like, they they just got attacked. So he's really happy. But at the same time, like, where is episode seven going to pick up now? Because the way it ends, like, Andar takes his cut of the money and leaves. And gives, oh, like, zero shits about... Of, gives zero shits about the cause or so he's making like everybody think that's how he feels see that's the thing like what does he do with the money because to me maybe him and uh and luthan use it towards the cause i who knows i we don't know what I, it, we know Andor develops into someone for the cause right we have yeah. no idea of really where he starts out where he is right now i think this next three episode arc is going to be more bad than good for Andor. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to go back home to the planet that we spent the first three episodes on. Cause we did get a little taste in this episode of things developing over there with the empire. I think he's going to go home and find out that things are a lot worse now because mm -hmm. of the way that he left it. And I think things are going to happen where he's going to have a change of heart and he's Instead of instead of Lucan going out to find him, I think he's gonna go and try to find Lucan and be like, "Hey, I'm I changed my mind. Like, I, I'm in." <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, I everything about this. I mean, when the when the people from the planet, you know, make their way up and they're they're talking through the translator through uh, Gorn, I think is the one translating, and he leaves just little things out where they're kind of dissing the 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 commander there. And he just leaves a few things out, and that's it, just really funny how the way that they're able to communicate, but... And vice versa. Yes. Like, the Imperial officer says something, and, like, you can tell by the look on his face that it was, like, a total jab at the people, but yep. the translation that he makes is completely different from what he says to, like, convey what, what's really going on to the people. And, and then they give him a look of like, oh, didn't expect that, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, and even what, what seemed as like a goodwill, like, you know, give them a fur type of thing. They just immediately throw it into their fire when they're, when they're getting ready for the eye. Um, yeah, that, that whole stuff was pretty cool. I, I, I think my favorite part about this whole episode was everything about Nemec and just the story that he... I mean, the little three-episode arc that he got. I mean, just... It basically writing a manifesto that's probably going to leap the rebellion into what it's going to be. Like, I honestly think someone important is going to get their hands on that manifesto, whether or not Cassian Andor finishes it or not, or if it's just left where Nemec has it. Uh, whatever he wrote there, like, he, I think that's just going to be a pivotal part towards the end of this season, leading into episode or season two. Because um, they, they made such a big deal about it at the end. It's a huge deal. I mean, it, it's a huge deal all three episodes. I mean, he, he brings it up first, and he's comparing it to his, uh, like, his uh, old-fashioned reader, right? Which comes into big play also in this episode, which I'll talk about in a sec. Um, but then they talk about it again, where he's, like, talking about how his his beliefs uh, don't comfort him. Like, Andor has nothing. I think that's actually at the beginning of this episode. Um where he's like, you know, my, I, I'm, I'm staying up at night. I can't sleep. My beliefs aren't comforting me. You have nothing, but you sleep like a rock. Like there's just so many things. Like, do, do we, do we lean into what the empire is doing? Do we level the playing field? Do we hire these guns that have no 
caught like no belief in the cause but are still gonna get the job done or do we keep the belief like it's such a it's such an interesting story that that nemec is trying to bring uh to life and then he gets ended up getting crushed by the by the Uh, money he gets crushed by the money it's so that's what i meant where like Going into that, I was like, of course, like, he's going to be one of the ones. Oh, yeah. We, I think we all knew that he was gone. He's too pure of heart. And then he gets on the ship, and they're getting away, and it's like, did does he escape? Mm-hmm. Are they are they waiting to kill him off until later? Right. And because then, like he... you said, boom, he's crushed by the credits. And it's just like, oh, he's he's, he's crushed physically, and we're crushed emotionally. It's like, right. no, you gave me a slight glimmer of hope, and it's it's for not it's so perfect because it's it's someone who's so that pure of heart getting crushed by the credits getting crushed by the money right and then they they stabilize him they keep him alive he's able to use that old reader to help them navigate through the eye whereas the people that are chasing them aren't able to navigate through and don't make it through they make it without that and the tension was just so high because they're like they're like we have to help him like he's seriously hurt he's mm-hmm. not gonna make it if we don't care for him and he and cassian's like that's fine but i still need coordinates otherwise none of us are gonna make it out of this yeah. alive they, they said it, it it was a battle of uh a skein wanted to take him to the to a doctor and vel didn't vel wanted to continue on with the mission and the budget of this show continues to amaze me because mm-hmm. this whole episode especially that scene was so cinematic the the cg was so good and then you look at shows like obi-wan where people were like oh some of those ships look like you took them out of a ps2 game and it's like that's probably why like they (laughs) they and or with uh with these creators being so like these high clout creators they're like hey we need this big budget to tell the story and disney's like well i guess we'll take from this budget over yeah, here because everyone's gonna watch obi-wan no matter what it looks like no what like that they, they needed to make this look a lot better to get this more critically acclaimed so that would yep. make a lot of sense yeah so then Andor, like you said Andor ends up taking him to the doctor they find the planet which i love that the doctor had four arms you could tell that it was just another actor behind him with, with yep. the second pair of arms <laughs> super cool and then, yeah, they have that conversation with Skeen where Skeen reveals he doesn't even have a brother. He lied about everything. And he's just like, hey, me and you can split the credits. I don't know how to fly, but you know how to fly. Let's just take off. If you ever encounter someone on a heist, right, and they say, oh, we'll leave everyone else and split the money. Obviously, this dude is going to fucking betray you at some point and take all the yep. money. So Andor shoots first. I fucking love it. He kills Skeen. He then goes in and is like, I don't know why he's threatening, first of all, the doctor. And Val, I don't, I, I don't know. He's, I think he's just on edge at that point. I, I was gonna say at that point, like, I feel like he was very much like we all were, where yeah. I loved and hated that scene at the same time. I loved it because I did not see it coming, and I hated it because I genuinely liked his character, and I was, I was happy to see him get out at the end. I was like, oh, good, like. Not everybody that I liked from this crew ended up biting the dust yet. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he'd make it like another mission or two before eating it. And then it turns out, oh, no, just kidding. He's just a two-faced weasel. <laughs> and I honestly think it's such a phenomenal, like, red herring almost to put in there. Because, like you said, it, it's a ver- it's a character whose morals were shaky, but we ended up really liking the character going into the mission, right? Because he had a good backstory. He had a, he had a lot of adversary, adversary to overcome adversity jesus i couldn't say that word adversity to overcome (laughs) um so like we 
like you said, we, I think they wanted us to like that character only for that immediate turn. I think that is the storytellers telling us there's a lot of people we cannot trust in this. There's a lot of people that are going to have big turns that we aren't going to see coming throughout the rest of this show and through season two. Which for me made sense why he walked back in, like hold, holding the gun up. Because like you said, he, he thought he could trust Skeen. Clearly he couldn't. So can he really trust all the others? That's yeah. I feel like that he went in complete defense mode and was just like, hey, I don't want to hurt you, but I just want my money and I just want to get the fuck out of here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And back and back to the Nemec thing too. Like they, they Cassian chose to save him, take him to the doctor instead of continuing the mission, which would have been like the quote unquote mercenary thing to do. Like, no, we're on the mission. We got to keep going. But he has a change of heart, goes to the doctor. Right. But then unfortunately the doctor's not able to save Nemec. Kind of saw that coming. I felt too easy to go to a doctor and save him. But then, apparently, Nemec said that he wanted his manifesto to go to Cassian Andor. So, like, I, to, it's either, it's so interesting, because either Nemec wanted Cassian to finish it, right? Or he mm-hmm. wanted Cassian to read it, because he thinks he can change his mind. If I can change this guy's mind, I can change everyone's mind. So, like, yep. there's very, it, it's, it's so interesting to see. I don't even know if we're going to be able to figure out the, the reasoning behind giving it to, to Andor, but... I think it's so fascinating. I loved everything about Nemec in these three episodes. I think he's a super interesting character that is honestly going still after uh, post-mortem here. I think he's still going to play into everything. I, I, I just love the arc that they had. I don't know why I'm really bad with names on this show. The medic chick who stays behind and like keeps the hostages um, at bay. Kaz. I am so curious as to how... Like, yes she gets away and and it's yes. clear how but i i'm i would love to see like a like a deleted scene of like her just getting off planet or we even just like part of an episode because yeah she can blend in and act like a a dumb you know imperial officer that's that was clearly just there to watch the the light show in the sky yeah but at the same time like somebody's got to be like who the fuck are you <laughs> like I don't recognize you. What? What's your? What's your? What's your station? What's your ranking? Like, whose whose order are you under? Unless, like, unless there's a third part to this plan, where it was the girls and the guys, right? But now she has her own part where she was supposed to stay back, maybe because it's not like Bell was making a, or it's not like any of them were really making a big deal out of leaving her there. That's you know? yeah. So, which, but I was. That was the one thing that I was surprised at when they're all like trying to get away and they're all loading on the ship. And I was like, wait, wait, what about her? And then they're just like, and then they, they leave. And I was like, wait, how does she get away? <laughs> well, we also, I mean, yeah, we, we, unfortunately through trailer footage, we do know that she is in later episodes of the show. She's also watching an Imperial fucking star commander, whatever the hell that those were called. Uh, like one of the big fucking ships coming oh, onto the, uh, that planet. Imperial destroyers. Oh, yes. that, that's her. In that that's scene? her in the trailer. Oh, and I believe that's okay. Aldani then the planet that they're right. And I'm pretty sure I got that right. Um, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling. Man. I, 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 I watch these shows. I promise. I watch these shows clearly. Cause I'm talking about it in full detail, but like <laughs> names of planets and names of people in this show, for some reason, other than Cassian. And then, lucan because we talked about him so much in detail like all of them 
I have IMDb open on my iPad in front of me. That's the only way that I know all of these characters. I like, promise you, know, you. The one guy who does the one thing. Yep, exactly. You explain it. I scroll down for a couple seconds and I'll find it eventually. I just, I just even the planets. Like I said, like Cassian's like planet that he starts on in the first three episodes. I couldn't tell you the name Bro, of that planet. Brian, <laughs> you're talking to someone who was excited that they got Coruscant correctly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, oh I, th- this episode, I mean, everything with Skeen, everything with Nemec, I, I just, every, the whole part where they're getting the credits, right? Where they're actually, I love that the commander himself, like, he was willing to help, like, he was willing to cooperate, but he himself was like, no, your plan isn't going to work. I can't even get these credits open. But they were yeah. already one step ahead of that. Like, they, it's, it's crazy I, I how don't much... think that he wanted to help, but it was more like, oh, they got my family. Yeah, of like, course. <laughs> they could easily kill her, kill them. I better do what they say, even right. though I know their plan's not going to work. Right. He's he's willing to help to save his... Yeah, but he's also like trying to tell them, your plan's not going to work. I can't even access these things. But they're one step ahead of him on that. Like, it was... It, it's and so... I love, too, how they they could have gotten away with it. And then he has the heart attack, and it's like, oh, no. It's kind of crazy, because you, again, we don't know if he was about to help them or rat them out, and that maybe the gunfire wasn't necessary. Like, there's just so much that happens there. I... And that was one of those moments where <laughs> so many so many times in moments like this, you'll hear, like, people on the internet or in podcasts or whatever being like, like clearly this was going to happen because you could see this detail and that detail. And then there's me where I'm like, wow, he like must really be out of shape. Cause he's getting really sweaty. Like did not put two and two together of like, no. Oh, maybe he's really sweaty because he's having a heart attack and he's probably going to kill over. <laughs> even, even in the moment I'm like, Oh, he's just hesitating. He, he doesn't know how to play this. Right. And then he falls over. I was like, Oh shit. He's there's And then not- even after he fell over, I was like, I was like, is he really having a heart attack? Or <laughs> yeah. is he just like faking to like give them away. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's so funny. Yeah, I I I loved everything. I again, like I mentioned at the top, cinematically, visually, the eye was fucking gorgeous. Like they yeah. they built it up. They built it up not only as this big event in the show, but like a this big event that's going to happen during the heist. It lived up to it. The stakes at every level lived up to the hype like this episode was so well done i i now the more that we talk about this the more that i absolutely cannot wait to go actually like watch and have my full attention on it instead of scrolling through twitter about the shield finale even the tie fighters like they oh my god dude all of them getting into the tie fighter like it it it, like humanized it like made the tie fighters realistic oh my god yeah it was so so many times in the show already like that the tie fighters have shown up like a lot of times in like the Star Wars stuff when the TIE fighters show up, you know, they're they're teeny tiny on the screen to kind of show like how many of them there they can be and they're usually blow up like easy peasy, like they're not that threatening, even as like a like a, a jet type like ship. Mm-hmm. But in this show, even mm-hmm. even when they're flying through the eye, like oh, yeah. yeah, they 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 get taken out pretty quickly, but at the same time like they feel massive and yep. they feel threatening throughout this entire show. Dude, episode five, when they do the flyover 
over where they're practicing and everything. They have to hide yes. guns and they all like are just, oh, like it, never have I been more scared of a TIE fighter ever. It was one of my favorite parts about Rogue One that I'm yeah. glad is transitioning back into this. Like the fact that they would go back and they'd use like the model scales, but they'd, everything seemed so massive. Like I remember in that movie, like again, like you look back at like the, the original trilogy and the Death Star was big and threatening and all that. But, like, Rogue One, that thing was massive mm-hmm. and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm I'm so glad that they're that they're carrying that on into this show with with the ships and and just the scope and the scale of everything. I think that's all I have for this episode for this week. I'm sure next week or whenever we talk about Andor again, we can jump back into all this stuff. But, I'm absolutely loving this show. It is top tier Star Wars for me. Like, it's just so good. I I get the fans that are into Star Wars for like the flashy, like fun actions, action filled stuff. Yeah. Like lightsabers and all that. And if if this show's not hitting you at this point, it, I don't think it's going to. But I love just the the deep character exploration, all the themes, the spy, the espionage, the politics, the scope and scale of everything. I love everything that's being brought with this show to star Wars and I'm absolutely loving it. And I, I'm glad that we're only halfway through because there's so much more to enjoy. I don't think we're going to get a single lightsaber in this show. Let alone and I don't this, need it. Let alone this season. We're gonna get people doing paperwork. We're gonna people. We're gonna get people doing investigation work. We're gonna get people connecting the dots. Like we're gonna get the nitty gritty of the Star Wars universe. And we've already had a bunch of that. I mean, the security guards not wanting to do their job, eating on the job. That their blue ramen that they're eating. Like we are already getting like, it's like a real, it's like a real life adaptation into Star Wars. It's so interesting. I absolutely love everything about it. The final thing I do want to mention, I love the natural reaction, the natural, like, joy and jubilation that we get out of Luthen at the very end of that. Like, I feel like that's the first actual smile that we get, not his uh, second persona smile. It was very interesting to see that um, because he's just so happy about Aldani and that going forward. Like, he – and I'm assuming he is assuming that Cassian Andor survives and he's going to find him again for another mission – Everything with Mon Mothma in the Senate, too. Very interesting that the Senate is just very... It's like... There's, like, no one there. Is you, the, can, the, you can tell that it's just there for show. Like, yes. the Senate means nothing. But Nobody's you can tell there. Up in the, up in the quote-unquote, Emperor's seat, right? You can tell that they're in, in the very distance. If you look, there's someone sitting in that spot. That instead of the three people that's normally there, it's just the one. And I think it's the person who's normally to the right of, uh, of Senator Palpatine. Um the kind of all white with the big collar i don't know i no name i have no idea what any name is but um i i wasn't looking that closely you can you can barely tell this is a guess but it's a pretty educated guess by the way i just noticed that there's barely any people there yep even the people that are there get up and leave yeah like as opposed to like the prequels where that that room is always packed just packed to the gills and bro et showed up in the prequels <laughs> exactly and and this time like there's barely anybody there nobody's really paying attention and then as soon as like big news hits it it kind of, that felt the most real life to me where like if something big hit the internet 
like everybody's gonna like get the notifications they're gonna look at yep. their phones and then they're gonna drop what they're doing and they're just gonna leave and that's exactly what they do here well and i can't remember the species that she was talking about but she's obviously passionate about this right trying to give this away i'm i'm pretty sure in star wars lore and clone wars and everything the species that she was talking about there's a massacre that happens that forces her into the rebellion type of thing i there's there's some connectivity she's mentioned them twice already in this show so they're obviously going to play into that storyline like that is going to be canon in everything that they're doing um, it like continues it continues to build up her being more and more invested into this yep. cause by, i absolutely cannot wait like at this point like she's it's you can tell she's curious and that she's like half in it but like she's still trying to go by the system and the system like continues to fail her yep it's phenomenal storytelling yep to continue on with some phenomenal storytelling we're gonna jump over to the marvel side of things we are of course the unofficial midwestern marvel podcast (laughs) she hulk episode nine Oh. Ending ending this season. Last week, the lady was out of town. And I promised her that I'd watch this episode with her. So I was fully prepared to go the whole weekend without seeing it until she got home. Thursday hit. And Kyle was like, dude, that episode. That's going to be so divisive. And I was like... Don't tell me like I can't really know anything until Thursday or until Saturday at, at the earliest. And he's like, good luck, man. The Internet's going to be all over this. There's like, no I... way you were going to be able to avoid spoilers for this. <laughs> and I was like, shit. <laughs> so then I texted her right away and I was like, hey, uh, Kyle's watched this episode. And uh, I guess like some big things happen, some divisive things happen and like i put like the dot 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 because i'm texting her at work and then she's like you have my permission just watch it and i was like are you sure (laughs) she's like she's like yes i know how much you hate spoilers just do it i was like okay good then i texted you right away i was like i got the green light (laughs) yeah and i'm so glad you did because oh my god God, spoilers, obviously. We said it for Andor. We're going to say it for this. This is an obvious spoiler for She-Hulk. Go watch this finale because some batshit crazy stuff that happens. Uh, Throughout this entire series, She-Hulk has broken the fourth wall. This episode, she breaks the fourth wall completely down. This episode, (laughs) she smashes the fourth wall. (laughs) And uh, and Matt Murdock. (laughs) (laughs) such a good line no this was perfect this was this is what we wanted out of the comics everyone kept kept talking about how she she travels through the comics by going through actual panels right well now she gets to travel through disney plus it's so cool and i honestly give us a mini series of her just wandering into other movies (laughs) it'd be so awesome (laughs) before we fully jump into that let's let's go all the way back to the beginning the intro to this episode was absolute genius. It was like shot for shot recreation, but spun to fit this show of the original like 70s Hulk show with Lou Ferrigno. Yep. Films just like that, like like the filter that they had on it and like the grain of everything. Like the aspect looked, ratio. It looked exactly like it came from it. The, the She-Hulk was like a big muscular bodybuilder dude 
like I saw on mm-hmm. Facebook, uh, him with the body paint on <laughs> before uh, getting into the full uh, outfit. I was Which, like, holy I'm, cow. I'm, I'm a little surprised that they didn't just use the on the onset she-hulk reference like the the girl that actually they get like a a legit seven foot chick that they have on set for when they're shooting scenes with she-hulk i'm surprised they didn't just use her but i mean fair enough right but i absolutely loved that and last week i was very curious i was like how are we gonna not only wrap this this season up in one episode but how are like, how is it going to start? How are we going to, like, jump into things right away? And uh, that intro is a dream because she's dreaming it while she's in prison. And, like, the same cell that Blonsky was in in the beginning of the series. I mean, you have to MP. assume that most of those cells are similar. But, yes. The thing about that cell, though, is it very much looks like the the cage that's in the Quinn or the helicarrier in the first Avengers movie built for the Hulk. Mm. like a lot of people pointed that out online that i was like oh that's very interesting i like that like something that's built to contain a hulk they made it big enough for the hulk still yeah and abomination okay interesting so yeah basically comes down to she can no longer be she hulk she's got to stay just as jen she gets fired from work uh she has to leave home move back in with her parents like it's looking pretty pretty grim and pretty bleak and i like that she's even breaking the fourth wall here being like is this what you all wanted to see like is this really how we're gonna end wrap things up like what what does she say she says uh this isn't even this isn't this isn't even a reluctant hero story i'm just being screwed over yes really like it's not like there's obstacles being put in her way right she's literally just like she's being fucked (laughs) yeah and uh Pug and Nikki find a way to infiltrate the uh, intelligentsia, which the video that that Nikki posts to like get the in, I was like, is this really that bad? No, but it's another. It's a, it's a lot like a show that I just finally got caught up on. The boys, where I, I believe there was a video of someone dancing going around. Like this is very much a video, like them making fun, quote unquote, of AOC in that dancing video back in college. Right? It's just. It's people using whatever they can to try to diminish women. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> so uh, they infiltrate, and uh, at the same time, Jen decides that she's going to go to uh, Blonsky's retreat, try to talk to him, maybe take some R&R time uh, away from everything. And we find out that the Intelligentsia are having like a, a team-building like seminar thing. Mm-hmm. At Blonsky's ranch, held by... Special guest speaker. Abomination. uh, abomination. (laughs) So all of this is clashing together at the same time. I rewatched this episode last night with with my girlfriend catching her up. And we get to the part where Blonsky comes in as Abomination to to give his his, self-help seminar thing. And... We had to pause it because the dog rang the bell to go outside because she had to go to the bathroom. And my girlfriend's like, I don't even want to finish this. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I am so upset like that he would do this and turn on her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't even want to watch the rest of this. I don't. If this is how it's going to be, I was like, trust me. Like, we need to continue. <laughs> You'll be glad that we did. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, she was very upset about that, and even so was Jen. Kind of jumping ahead, like even at the end, like she was still like upset about that. Like clearly, she got a pretty big attachment to Blonsky and Abomination, and like fairly, I'd say, yeah. Yes, and the fact that the way that the episode ends, it's not retconned, so he's still like Mm -hmm. held the seminar. And you can make the argument of, oh, maybe he didn't know, like, the type of group that it was. Maybe he didn't know, like, who the intelligentsia is. But at the same time, like, if you're going to be, like, holding, like, a, a, a speaking event like that, you're either you're incompetent to the point where, like, you don't look into the groups that you're trying to, like give this to are you you're fully aware and you're gonna do it anyway like he said it's strictly for the money he doesn't know who hires him he just comes and talks right you know like he he probably gets a few notes beforehand but it's not like he knows that these are the people that outed jen's sex tape or anything like that like he uh, again this was just a quote-unquote random coincidence that just so happened to be written into the show i i don't feel like it was as random especially like jumping way ahead to oh, the it's post- a- I mean, it's absolutely po- not random, but it's it's yeah. it's as again, it's it's this weird meta that we're gonna be talking about for the next probably thirty minutes of like, it's supposed to be quote unquote random, but everything comes together at the end of the episode, you know that cliche type of thing. So like, it's not random, but it is random at the same. Like obviously the, I don't think the intelligentsia hired him knowing that she would come in. You know, like all of these events, no yeah. one knew what was going to happen. I'm more or less talking about Blonsky as a character. and his, I don't think he like, had any ill intent with who he's talking with or for. I don't think that's it at all. The, literally, I, I, the, the only thing that she's angry about in that situation is not that she's talking to them. She doesn't even care. She literally brushes Todd off. She's like, I'm just mad that you're turning into the abomination. Like, you broke your parole. I spoke for you. And that's that's where it goes at the end, too. Like, he's he's apologizing for that. He's going back to prison for that reason. And then he's not, because then Wong comes and gets him out again. And clearly we'll we know Wong. clearly we know that well we might as well since we're talking about Blonsky, like we might as well just talk about it right now. Like Wong comes and busts him out once again. Uh and it's clear that uh is gonna be staying at Comertage. But I like that he's so like the way that Blonsky is about it, Wong, you could tell he's like, am I making a mistake here? <laughs> Man, I, so for people who listen every week, right, or Faithful Six, I talked heavily about, I think it was last week, about like the potential of the Civil War and She-Hulk versus Matt Murdock in court and everything like masked versus unmasked, anonymous versus people knowing who you are. Like the, <laughs> the sorcerers are the one that are going to get them in trouble it's Wong just keeps breaking the law he just keeps doing whatever the fuck he wants because it's Wong and it's funny it's hilarious but at the same time this is the second time you're breaking the same man out of prison this time feels a little bit more permanent I don't understand what Wong's motivations are (laughs) I think that may have that may have just been a little thing to throw in there so that uh, Emil the abomination can be in Thunderbolts I liked, too, how when Wong finally does show up, Blonsky's like, oh, took you long enough. What's wrong? Were you caught up in another show? And it was like, and it's like, 
is he is he talking about like another show like Sopranos or is he talking about like Wong is gonna be in another show or was in another show while this was taking place? Sorry, I was busy filming Loki season two. <laughs> right. All right. Should we just should we get to it? Jump into it. We're we're basically I, at so, that point. Yes, I just want to I, I want to talk about the beginning part first before we get into everything. Yep. I I love what they did because because of how they got to it right or because of how they fixed it but like everything leading up to that i'm watching this season finale right and i'm just like what the fuck is going on everything is so dude, we are wrapping up we are getting to the point way too quickly right now yeah yep. and i was i was like getting angry too like i was like this is somewhat disappointing like what is going on all these things like oh of course todd's the hulk king oh of course he gets hulk powers now oh abomination oh he's been turning into abomination Which oh titanius fucking here like literally all of those things were so perfectly put into this episode for that exact reason so that we could fix it i thought i just i todd when he hulked out <laughs> was perfectly cringy like the fact that he's like he's got his tongue on he's like <laughs> it's so it's so like it's it's such like a cheesy version of the 2003 ver uh, movie, right? Where he first yeah. transforms in the living room. It's it's yeah, it's so cheap. Where his arm grows first, and he's too it's he's not strong enough to lift his own arm. Hilarious. Um, and then he says, "Come at me, bro." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. But like, it's all this stuff was just like so obvious, but also like, uh, fucking like Jennifer calls out. None of this makes fucking sense. And I'm what? as a viewer sitting there saying the same thing. For me, I was like, I was like, oh, like, uh, we're going here and we're just going to have like a really long fight because clearly that's what the show's been building up to this whole time. Because that's of what like, every Marvel show has. <laughs> of, Todd, of Todd getting the blood, turning into a Hulk, and then like, like Abomination, She-Hulk, like have to team up to take out to take out Todd and at some point like Hulk's gonna jump in but like the way that he jumps in I was like okay that's fucking weird and that it was Titania for me but <laughs> when she showed up I was like okay like something's something's going on there here is, and then that's there is zero fucking reason zero reason for Titania to be there or to know where they are or how to get there or anything. She just busts through the side and Nikki and Pug, who are my favorite, but Nikki just says, does that bitch ever use a door? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Love Nikki. But yeah. So then Jen's like, nope, nope, nope. Like this, we're not doing it this way. And then like the screen like goes black for a second. And I then, thought like, my the cat Disney stepped on the remote. <laughs> Dude, for other shows, like for other Marvel shows, and especially during, I don't remember if it was Obi-Wan or if it was Mandalorian, but it was a Star Wars show not too long ago where, like, that happened to me. Like, no, it was Moon Knight. Oh. It was Moon Knight. Like, the first few episodes of Moon Knight, Disney Plus fucking did that. Where, like, <laughs> halfway through the episode, I got, like, the spinny wheel of death. And then it brought me back to the main screen. So that's See, now that would have been that would have been but, a nice touch in the middle there too. But I genuinely yeah. like it was it was such a perfect animation where it just goes back to the Marvel home screen on Disney Plus. And I genuinely for a second I was like I looked for my remote. I, I thought, Dude, I thought that two seconds of silence was perfect because for like one of those two seconds I thought the same thing. I was mm -hmm. like I was like oh what the and I was like wait a minute. 
Because like, then you hear all of a sudden I, you hear Jen in the background. Oh, so for good. me, for me, it was the fact that it brought us to the Marvel screen. Well, that Be- too. But because, even, but even in the it, moment, I didn't really, I didn't realize that until she broke out of it. I was like, wait, I got this on the home screen. But that's, it still, it still worked. That was my thought because I always go to it from the continue watching, and I was like, I didn't go oh, I to just, the Marvel screen for this because <laughs> I watch it on Thursdays, so it's always the first thing on the big banner. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So then, uh, yeah, it goes to the screen. She busts through, uh, talks about taking off the inhibitor uh, ankle bracelet first, so that when she does show up as She Hulk, it's like okay, like that explains it. I love that she jumps into the assembled documentaries because, of course, that's going to bring you behind the scenes at the Marvel lot. So good. And then we get to the writer's room, which oh. I was I was happy to find out that, like, the majority of the people in that room were the actual writers, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. acting in that scene. There are some there are some actual actors, like the two that had the most lines. Those are those are two actual actors. But Jessica Jessica Gao was actually in there. Like yep. she was actually part of that. I, I love the uh the callback to the scene from earlier in the season with the guy's comment about Kevin Feige of I'd kill for him. Yeah. Like because Jen did that same thing earlier on and it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So did you notice that one of the guys in that room is credited as ham guy? Did you notice the guy standing in the in the left? And it, at the back by the board is legitimately cutting a full ham. <laughs> oh, I missed that both yeah. times I watched it. He's credited as ham guy because he's just in the back cutting a full size ham. Oh my and god. One of the funniest things to just randomly throw in there. I don't know if that's a reference to anything, but like I missed it the first two times I watched this until new rock stars pointed it out. They're like, oh yeah, there's this ham guy in the back cutting a full ham. I was like, what the fuck? So I had to rewatch it just to see this guy. Amazing. There were a I lot guess. of there were a lot I... of things on the on the boards for well, first season one, but, but there's also quote unquote season two, which is already confirmed. But um, uh, apparently all the things on the board were one of the writers' things that he just says all the time. Like he just all the he always just throws out nanobots as a reason for things happening so they threw that up on the board it's just they were just making fun of one in particular guy i'd love i just love the details behind everything that's about to happen i heard in another podcast that i was listening to today that ham guy because i didn't see him they didn't talk about the ham but they talked about the guy in the corner i guess he's one of the comic book writers that they brought on to the show so like one of the guys that writes marvel comics that they brought on so i was like oh that's kind of cool to be fair, he's what is he listed? He's he's literally on. Well, I guess it's his IMDb. So, but his only thing that he's listed on is Ham Guy on She Hulk. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. We also, we also get a lot of those uh, Captain America like we want you posters, but it's like, yep, we want you to silence your cell phone. Apparently, apparently those are legit things in Disney because of because of their. Uh, like from, because of their discretion and the from my understanding yeah from my understanding like a lot of this sequence is filmed at the marvel offices yes and specifically the receptionist that they have there um the guy who plays him uh apparently was a receptionist for a very long time i don't think he is anymore but he was the receptionist there so they specifically yes. brought him back so that people would recognize him i love that detail but uh the <laughs> So she's talking to the writers about, like, are we really going to end the show this way? And then they're like, that's what Kevin wants. And, oh, my God. My like, jaw. Yeah. 
I was like, are we gonna fucking get Kevin Feige? I thought like in this episode. I was one hundred percent certain that we were gonna get Kevin Feige in a throne. <laughs> that this is the ending that Kevin wants, which also like listening to those other ones, Gao brought a handful of endings when they were talking about and developing the show to Kevin Feige and this was this was the ending that he picked which is such a good commentary i love also the fact that they had to take out several like several like probably around 20 jokes in this whole show that were making fun of marvel because they were too harsh on marvel so kevin yep. told them to take them out but he chose this ending which i i and i Again, I have to assume he picked this ending for a reason because I think, like we're about to get into, I think there are about to be some major changes in MCU. Yeah, I think so too. They're like, this is the ending that Kevin wants and what Kevin wants, Kevin gets. So then Jen's like, fine, I'm going to go talk to Kevin. And of course, I'm fucking geeking out at this point. I'm like, oh my God, are we going to see Kevin Feige? Like, are we going to break the fourth wall this this big? Insane. Like this bad. So she's got to go. She goes to the office. She's got to sign the the NDA, and then like the the four security guards, like even even my girlfriend was like, did they really think that they were gonna be able to take on a Hulk? <laughs> oh no, because they're in the real world. They don't know that she actually exists. I love the meta. I just love everything so bad about them. I I love that we uh, had Big Dick Energy playing during that fight too. Yeah. <laughs> that song. Both times that I watched this episode, that song like got stuck in my head for the rest of the night after that. <laughs> but uh, then we get to the vault, the Marvel vault, which I guess is it's an real actual thing. real thing. <laughs> that no one has ever, like, obviously people have seen it, but like no one has ever talked about it or has pictures of it because of all the NDAs and everything that they have to sign and the pictures or that like you have to turn off your phone and. Uh, yeah, like, no details are, like, revealed of, like, what goes on in that room, but, like, everything's written on whiteboards, yeah. too, Sticky and that, like... And, like, like what we saw in the initial uh, She-Hulk writer's room, I would assume just to a yes. greater magnitude, because it's their plans for the fucking MCU. Comics are out and about, like, that they're looking to pull from the source material on. But what we got was so just inspired just absolutely incredible we go in this room and it's like screens around this whole room of like things like snippets and scenes and all that from the past marvel content like all just playing in the background most suspiciously playing hulk moments i will say yes but there were also comics like along these these pillars throughout the room and there were i I didn't I haven't looked into like the the full easter eggs of all these yet and I haven't like seen which ones there specifically are. I did see one screenshot though. Sure. of like a pillar that's all Scarlet Witch comics that shows up in there. Where I, I was like, "Huh, interesting." Yeah. Uh if you want a full breakdown of all those comics, I suggest uh, uh Screen Crush. Ryan Airy is just insane when it comes to those kind of details he literally breaks down every single comic book that you can even see in that scene so nice I, nice I highly suggest that video on screen crush then we get to meet kevin and not kevin how i expected do you have the acronym i can find it 
because that was the one thing where like both times i was like that's clever but then i immediately forgot what the acronym was <laughs> no okay kevin stands for knowledge enhanced visual interconnectivity nexus yes just <laughs> the most ridiculous act like name for something just so that we could use the acronym kevin fucking and I, well i think it's i i don't think it's an accident that they use the word nexus let me just throw that out there okay okay uh but it's robot uh yes. he's got film reels like attached to him he's got like like dvd blu-ray drives in him he's, he's got, got like USB he's got a screen on, he's got a screen on the side in the 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 text on it is very reminiscent of the like the technology that they that they use at the TVA in Loki. Okay, it's very okay. similar. Uh, he's got tiny little arms, but the most prominent detail about him is he's got on the top of his head something that looks very much like a baseball cap. <laughs> uh, it was the first thing I noticed. <laughs> so I was like, for me, I was like, oh my god, there <laughs> they are. They are totally like buying into the notion that everybody thinks that Kevin Feige is a fucking machine and a robot who doesn't sleep because he's involved in so many projects. And I love that they were just like, yep, that's what he is in this. <laughs> Which, again, I think is so it's it's just amazing because I think we can somewhat dive into this now. We're like, like, they're right. I wasn't wasn't the whole story like all of these phase four shows were shot at the exact same time <laughs> were like all written and directed and shot almost at the exact same time so like yeah kevin was fucking split between all of these projects at the time and it's like how do you focus on that while trying to tell a huge cohesive story between all of these different movies and tv shows and specials so the fact that they turned him into a robot it's like oh yeah okay that's how he's doing it that's... A robot that's following an algorithm. Yes. And which I is love why we're getting so many similar stories and plots and arcs. Oh. And I love too how he mentions the fact that like some better than others. And I <laughs> love that they're basically acknowledging the fact that everybody feels like phase four has kind of been all over the place and kind of a mess. And I love that the show very much feels like it's kind of like yeah we know <laughs> yeah and not only phase four but i mean like there's there's a few in phase one that are you know kind of duds but yep. even he even says after he he says you know like some better than others that's what i i leave that to the people on the internet to decide like yes. literally it's just like <laughs> i'm making this so that people can argue about how good it is oh but there's just so many i kind of almost wish that like I would have just like found somebody that broke this entire scene down. Cause there's so many like different references and Easter eggs and everything yes. in this whole thing that like, even watching it twice, I was like, I probably still missed like so many things. The fact that like he asked uh, Jen to power down and de Hulk, but do it off screen because CG is so expensive. And the fact that the, the special effects crews are already working on the next project and you hear the, do, 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 do. like a wakandan drums in the background that's exactly <laughs> like, what it sounds oh like Brian. <laughs> yeah and then she yeah she depowers off screen and they start i love that she's like she's like this is a what this is a law comedy right and he's like yeah 
She's like, okay, well, then I'm going to give my closing arguments. He's like, all right, fair enough. You got me on that one. And, (laughs) And yeah, she just complains about how Marvel has just the same exact formulaic ending. There has to be this stupid blood plot line. There has to be a big fight at the end. Bruce has to come from literal outer space to save the day. What the fuck is Titania doing here? Like, I, <laughs> it's just so, she literally just picks apart everything. And I think that's, that's the big picture here. I, I, I the reason that this is so does, uh, like split, right? Either you love it or you hate it. I think people don't realize, I think people are just like, well, what the fuck? They just, they just showed us a story and took it away from us. They just said it didn't happen. Basically. I don't see it like that. This is, this is Jennifer taking over her story this is literally her controlling her own narrative going in and controlling her life taking control this isn't her just oh i'm i'm a superhero so i have to fight my battles as a superhero now no this is what she wanted to do from the beginning she wanted to take them down systematically legally through the law system right like and that's what she got to do this is like yes she technically wrote she technically met kevin feige and she changed the show but like that's the overarching like that's the cool meta commentary about it the story is she controlled she wasn't this isn't hulk story this is an abomination story this isn't todd like she says todd is the villain the hulk serum the hulk powers aren't the villain right it's todd himself who's the piece of shit it it all simples simplifies down to jen controlling her story doing it the way that she wants to do and it's just it. I, I think it was just be, with the She-Hulk character, with her breaking the fourth wall, and I think again, I think we're going to change the way that some of these Marvel shows. We already saw it with Werewolf by Night, but like I think we're going to change the way that some of these shows are made and produced and written because of this ending. And I think they had that planned for sure. I think they probably self-recognized that there were a lot of similarities between everything. The fact so. that the fact that this was the ending that Kevin that Kevin Feige chose exactly. and the fact that like this show's been was in development like what two three years ago at this yeah. point like clearly they they knew that like yeah things things are gonna have to like start changing here I loved when she starts like breaking down and complaining about a lot of the, a lot of the different stuff like the things I remember were, was the daddy issues thing which I thought <laughs> that was pretty funny I love that Thor. Loki, same daddy, same issues. Star Lord, yep. two daddies, s- s- different issues. <laughs> so yep. funny. And then, and then she's. I loved what she was like. And where are the X Men? And looks at the screen and gives like, like the smile, like the the smiley winky face with the tongue out and like giving us the thumbs up. <laughs> fucking Jen. Jen's got us. Jen knows what we want. She knows that we, she's been teasing it in her show. So and Kevin, funny. I cannot say that. <laughs> <laughs> My. I will say I have one teensy tiny little gripe with this scene and how the show ends. She she wants Bruce out of there, right? She says, "What Bruce doesn't need to come save the day. That's fine." Yep. And yep. and Kevin argues, saying, "Oh, but we had a big reveal for him." And she's like, "No, no, no. You know, we don't need him." And then he said, "But we were going to reveal." And she cuts him off and says, "Save it for the movie." A obviously we know who we, I th- even before. The end of the show. I knew who they were talking about. We, I think we yep. all did. Yep. The fact that she said save it for the movie, I think that was them telling us we're going to get a, a, a Hulk movie very soon. I was, I was going to ask. I, 
do you take that seriously? Yes. Or one hundred percent. Which, if that if it is true, granted, I I want to take it seriously too. But until there's announcement, like, well, right, I'll, I'll leave it at at a chance. But if it is true, that's some huge news that they revealed in a in a Hulk in a She Hulk show. Yeah, because it's very similar to like when. When it, when Sony announced when Marvel and Sony announced back how many years ago now that Spider Man was going to be able to join the MCU because Marvel and Sony made a deal, it's very similar with Hulk. Hulk is tied up yep. at Universal right now. They have the distributing rights for him in his own solo movies, which is why Hulk only shows up in other people's stuff. So the if they're saying that there is going to be a solo Hulk movie. Like, that's some huge news. But it's also not the first big news that Jen has broken in this show. I mean, she was the first one to reference Wolverine not once but twice in this yep. series. And then she just straight up brought up the X-Men. So it's Which, not like... That's the first time that the X-Men, not mutants, but X-Men have been brought up in the MCU so Which, far. again, it's technically in this very meta world, but again, it's... Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that you can look at it. You can look at this as nothing. You can look at this as something. It's whatever. Back to my gripe though. I <laughs> I didn't like that they were like that. Jen decided no, get Bruce out of here. We don't need to do this reveal. Save it for the movie because again, that right there was that was it for me. I was like, oh shit, we're gonna get Scar. We're gonna get Hulk's son. We're gonna get him in this movie. That's awesome. What a cool tease. And then we get at the end of the episode where Bruce just shows up anyway and says, here's my son. Yep. I, uh, I didn't like that. I really it, did not like that. Because and, you didn't need that reveal at the end of the show. That This show should have ended with Jen happy with Matt. Boom. Done. And I, you could, We did not need Scar. You could have... I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here. You could have had that scene, but slightly tweaked it to make it work by either a having that be the post credit instead of Blonsky and Wong or B just having Jen be like, damn it, Kevin. And Matt being like, (laughs) Matt being like, what are you? And then having her like being like, like just pointing back to Hulk. Like it could have been as easy as that where it's like, I, I said that I didn't want this and Kevin wanted it anyway. So here we go. Like it could have yeah. been, they could have played into that. Like one more fourth wall break of just damn it, Kevin. I still, I think, I think I, me and some other people might've still been upset if it's post credit or if they, I don't know. I just don't think they should have done it. I think the tease was enough. You know what I mean? Cause and I think everyone fact, who knows, knows what that tease was about. And the fact too, that like, not only did they tack it on at the end, but everyone and i mean everyone hates how he looks because of his haircut Dude, like why they what, what is that what uh, is that even i a... was like even i was like uh uh listen what? people they are trying to uh, convey that this is another species of a person living on another planet other than you know earth so I don't know. It's, they try he to do some a, weird stuff when they do aliens. He had an enormously large receding forehead. Yeah, but <laughs> it looked like line. it was chosen. It looked like it was chosen. It, it did. Like, it that's did. The style which... on Sakaar. You don't. You don't get it. 
I, I don't get it. No. <laughs> no, I know. Not many people. I, I didn't have. I, I saw a lot of people. I, I like you. I saw a lot of people complaining about it. Which again, we did not need the distraction of Scar and his fucking haircut in the no. end of the show. We did <sighs> it. My, my only tiny gripe with this episode was after everything gets resolved and she goes back. I wish that she would have went back to the moment that she left and we would have seen things resolved there instead of being like, Oh, like we're outside and everything's good now. And, and happy ending. Like I, I wanted a little more resolve. Like, but like, I what did you, what did you want though? Because we weren't going to get the fight. That was the whole point of that. We were never no, going to no. get a fight. The, the police come to arrest Todd and he's going to get, uh, you know, tried in court. Titania is just, again, still just kind of there, but nothing happens with her. Blonsky's getting his comeuppance. Like, everything, I, again, to me, it, the first time I watched it, I had, I sort of had the same reaction, where I was like, this feels weird to just kind of wrap it up like this, but as yeah. I watched it again, it was like, okay, but what are they going to do if they just send her back? Like, then it's just an awkward, they're waiting for the police to come, or something, I don't know, I, I. You could have played that up for comedy, too. Where <laughs> Them awkwardly where standing in the circle. Well, where she's brought back right to the moment, and, like, Todd's like, where did my Hulk go, you know? And Well, no, they deleted that storyline. I don't know. I, I I can see why people have issues with quote-unquote deleting storylines and changing things. But that's – this is She-Hulk, baby. This is this yeah. is the meta. I This is what I'm here for. This is what I <laughs> – I can't wait for Deadpool, for Wade Wilson to go meet Kevin and change everything in the MCU. <laughs> it just – I felt like – and again, I, I, I don't have the answers either. I – I felt like the resolve was a little like too quick and clean. Like I, I get that that she negotiated the ending that she wanted, but it, it felt like too like okay, then here it is. You know, like I, I wanted just a tiny bit of like oh okay, uh, like I'm gonna get the ending, but I just need to like like do a little bit something. Fair you enough. know, it. it to, to clean it up, because like you said, it, it did feel like it was just like all of a sudden we're like, oh, here we are. Like, it, it felt kind of choppy. Although, the, Brian, that's to, a budget-friendly way to do it. <laughs> but I was going to say, on the other hand, I did like that Daredevil drops in, like, like he drops in from, like, Fortnite, just, like, out of the sky. And he's like, all right, I'm ready for the fight. And she's like, nope, nope, we're, we're done with that now. Like, oh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I subtle very subtle little thing but i love that titania says hi to daredevil right yeah he is actually known i like people know who he is i think that was a very i think that was a very pointed thing to throw in that wasn't just a throwaway titania's into daredevil type of thing i i think that was a very pointed like oh people actually know this guy is established like we assumed and i asked for it last week and marvel gave it to me sooner than i thought uh, Jen and Matt are together. <laughs> At no, least he's, right he, now. He's just staying for the weekend, Brian. <laughs> he's staying for the week. Oh, you're right. It is a full he's, seven days. He's staying, he's staying for the week. So as of right now, they are together. They are an item. I love they gave dad. me what I wanted. I love her dad just outright going, you know, it's expensive to raise children in New York. But dad! Yeah. <laughs> you do make some money, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. I love the, the like the uh, Fast and Furious style like dinner ending that we got there. That was awesome. I I love, but I I do love that we got more of that, and it ended where like they are kind of an item, 
And whether or not they want to continue that in the Daredevil series, that's up to them. It definitely does confirm, too, that you got to have Jen and Daredevil in that 18 episodes. I would be, and and this is me being completely honest, I'd be happy if they if they stayed together in Daredevil. I also think it would be kind of interesting if in Daredevil, like, Jen's not really mentioned at all, and it's like, oh, what about Jen? And then she shows up for, like, a case, and then we find out that, like, things maybe didn't work out, and it's kind of mm. awkward. Like, you could – it could be a little interesting, but, like, Too early you know what that. I mean? You can explore a lot before that. You could. Um, but you could also do it where, like, things maybe didn't work out, and it's awkward, and then, like, at the end, then they, they fix whatever problem there was, and then they're they're back to being on good terms. They could. They could. Um, I just, I think it's crazy that we got fucking Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock, Daredevil, and Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner, Hulk in the same scene. Like that, yeah, it, that cool. in itself is a huge moment. Like that's an original Avenger, like second movie in the MCU technically with Daredevil, you know, like that's, that's that. I think that's huge. So maybe that's why they wanted to throw that in there. I don't think they should have, but yeah, the only other of... thing the only other thing I want to say about Daredevil is I guess Charlie Cox was interviewed this past week. And he was talking about uh, Daredevil and his role on the She-Hulk show and he was talking about how now that he's back in the MCU and before he did She-Hulk, he jumped into the Daredevil comics to get more like more of an understanding of the character other than just what they established in Netflix in the netflix show and anybody who could pass who could be on the internet complaining about daredevil in this show charlie cox is like no like this show encapsulates the character more than we did in the netflix show he's not always like the sad depressed brooding guy who's always got like the world against him he he is a charmer he does throw quips out every once in a while he's got like a lighter (laughs) Yeah, and he's got a lighter side to him. Like, and I, I just love that. A, he's diving into the source material to like learn more about the character, to represent the character as best he can on screen. He's doing the homework, and B, I love the fact that he's like, yeah, we're doing it right. So everybody on the internet who has a problem with it, like, shut up, go read a comic book. <laughs> Not only Charlie Cox is doing that, but also Dan Slot on Twitter has been awesome defending this show. Like, literally everyone who has a problem with anything within this show, he's like, uh, no, 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 I did this in the original comic, so they're actually doing it right. You stay yep. off of it. Like, Dan Slott has been awesome on Twitter. Props to him for standing up to everything. That's about all I got, man. I mean, final thoughts on the series as a whole. I think that overall it was it was an effective show. Some episodes didn't quite work out for me as well as others, but I don't think it's as bad as everybody is making it out to be. I felt like these last two episodes especially were very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like the show opened really strong with the first three episodes, and I felt like it ended very strong with the last two episodes, so that's over half the season. Some of the episodes in the middle had chunks that maybe didn't work as well for me as others, but overall, I fe- I felt like there was something good in each episode that I really enjoyed, which hasn't been the case for all the Disney Plus shows for me. So 
I enjoyed the show a lot. I found it to be really effective and a really good watch. And I would recommend it for people who might either A, be on the fence, or B, are just too stubborn to be like, no, I'm not going to watch that show. Yeah, I think... Especially with this episode, you know? Like, how crazy this episode gets, you almost got to be like, hey, watch the show just to see how it ends, because (laughs) the way that it ends, like... (laughs) fucking crazy i i i just think it's gonna have such huge ramifications coming out for the mcu like i said i don't think it's going to be an immediate change i still think black panther wakanda forever is going to have a huge fight scene at the end and there's gonna be a lot of plot that leads it like i i don't think they're going to completely break the mold and people are gonna complain about that absolutely they're oh they said they were gonna change things but they didn't with the very next project like uh, that's gonna happen but there's i this opens the door for more shows like this this opens up the door for something like werewolf by night this opens up the show or the this opens up the doors for comedies and dramas and other types of shows that also happen to star marvel superheroes you know like i i very much love how they ended this i love every i i mean there's so many characters that i love i mean jen obviously nikki and pug i want to see a spin-off of just those two i love them so much um todd was such a good villain because it was obvious that he was the villain but also we were very curious what was up with him like i think i i just think that they did such a good job especially with where they went with the finale right they did such a good job telling that story specifically leading up to the finale that they knew they were going to blow up i i thought it was all just really good it's this is how many how many disney plus shows are there now there's got to be like what like seven eight so many there's there's a lot (laughs) this is this is for me top five i might stretch that and say top three i'd have to go back and look but it's up there for me i i had so much fun watching this week to week i love that it was nine episodes i love that they were somewhat shorter it's going to be very easy for me to go back and binge watch this yeah i get caught up in luke cage um yeah luke cage iron fist defenders (laughs) gotta finish off daredevil daredevil season three jessica jones season two uh, yeah i know i know there's season two and three of jessica jones which i'm sure there's i didn't make it all the way through that i'll be honest i i'm going to brian (laughs) i always wanted to but i don't i don't know what it was but after after the purple man leaves in season one of jessica jones like season two was good but like, I I don't know what I, I think it was too at that point like when season three, when they announced that that like season three was done and in the books, that's when they also that's when all the shows were being canceled at the same time. Like I remember they canceled Jessica Jones before season three came out, and I was like, well, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point of it? Yeah, that's fair. That's sad. I'm gonna finish those, and then I think I'm gonna go back and uh, watch all of the X Men movies that I've missed because I've only surprisingly the only x-men movie that i've seen is logan (laughs) (laughs) yep i just disappointed a lot of fans out there oh every time i think he can't disappoint me even more (laughs) the only one i've seen is logan phenomenal movie though oh man you're you're missing out on some duds but you're also missing out a lot of a lot of gems too i got a lot to watch I'm excited for you to jump into um, first class. Um, 
Days of Future Past is one of my favorites of those. That's what everyone says. Uh, I recommend the Rogue Cut, which is like the extended version um, over the regular. If I can get my hands on it, yeah. I have a spot. I have a soft spot for Wolverine. I I know it's not a good movie, but like Gambit's my favorite X Men, and it's like mm-hmm. the only live action Gambit that I've got. So like I, I watch it for that. Another, yet another similarity for you and Josh. He fucking loves Gambit. He's so cool. He's so he's so suave. I see. I <laughs> so I just watched. It was Pete Holmes and. Oh, now I'm going to forget his name, but I'm very bad at myself. There's another comedian. But um, Thomas Middlestitch, that's who it is. It's the, those two doing sketch comedies, and they do where Pete Holmes is uh, Professor X, and he's, like, recruiting people. Or he's, oh, he's, yep. he's doing interviews with the X-Men, right? I, yep, yep. That's all I can think about when I think about Gambit is that one. <laughs> so, because he just rips into Gambit. It's hilarious. I definitely recommend those shorts on YouTube. <laughs> yeah uh gambit being my favorite that's the only way i can watch them live action at this point so so that's the only that's the only reason that movie stands out in my heart otherwise it it was kind of a a steaming pile of you know what (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna wrap up our she hulk talk for now i'm sure we're gonna go back um after black panther and we'll do like a full phase four because black panther if i'm remembering correctly is the last of phase four correct I will figure that out while you continue to talk. Because I think Quantumania, which is um, next year, is like the first of Phase 5. Oh, we got the Guardian special, so I guess that would count too, the Christmas special. So maybe maybe around that time afterwards, uh, we'll, we'll do our full Phase 4 breakdown rankings talk. Maybe we'll bring on Chad again, since I remember last year we, we had him on for the 2021 MCU talk. That's going to do it for those for this week with Andor She-Hulk. Uh, before we can wrap up our show, we got to go into one of our favorite topics, one of our favorite segments of the show, the best stuff recommendations of the week. Kyle, do you have any best stuffs for this week? I Are you going to best stuff the same thing you best stuff yep. for this whole month? Yep. <laughs> well, no, I took a week off that one week. I can't remember what I did, but... Yes, The Boys Season 3. Not as good as Season 2, in my opinion, but uh, The Boys itself, phenomenal show. I mean, I cannot get over the writing and the storytelling about this show. I, like, the fact that they can make such obvious plot points interconnected as as organically as they do, it's just, I mean, I, I... It, I'm speechless trying to think about like the, the fact that they give all of these characters daddy issues in the third season and it all makes sense and it all drives the characters more and more into the rest of the season. I, it's just uh, and not only that, but they like early in the season, they give a few of them daddy issues. And then in the middle of the season, a couple of them are revealed to have daddy issues. And then at the end, like Huey really realizes that he has daddy issues and soldier boy reveals that he has daddy issues. Like it's, it's just, ah, uh, <laughs> it's just so good it's just yeah the, I, like i said the the writing is phenomenal the acting is actually like i'm blown away by the acting jack quaid is awesome um anthony Starr <laughs> blows me away every time he's on scene as homelander like i just cannot get over how good he is and how like just detail oriented he is with his face um i can never oh why can't i think of 
what Billy's what's that? I can't remember. I can't think of the actor that plays Billy now. But he's uh, awesome. Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Urban. Yeah. Um, they're all just awesome. I like Kamiko's great too. I just, just, I just love everyone. I'd love. I cannot. I absolutely cannot wait. The way that they ended, also the way that they ended season three. <laughs> cannot wait for season four. I'm just so. So excited for fucking Homelander to be the single parent in the public eye. I, I love it. I love it so much. Ah, it's going to be great. It is definitely one of my favorite shows that's on TV right now. I absolutely love it um, when it's on. Can't get enough of it. It's definitely a show that for all three seasons, like season one, watched, loved it. When season two came out, I went back and rewatched season one before jumping into season two. And then season three came out, went back again, rewatched season one and two before jumping into season three. Like, I, I love that show. I can't get enough of it. It definitely is phenomenal. My best stuff this week is an interesting one. It's one that I don't think a lot of people are going to expect. And when I reveal it, they're going to be like, really? That? My best stuff for the week is if you've been loving Daredevil and She-Hulk and you love Daredevil in the Netflix show, and if you want a little bit more Daredevil, go back and watch the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, with Jennifer Gardner, with... John Favreau! Colin Farrell, John Favreau. Go back and watch that movie. It... A lot of people give it a lot of shit. And granted, it's it's an early 2000s movie. It's not perfect, but it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. I, I think that there's a lot of interesting concepts in that movie. There's a lot of things that are pretty true to the character. There's a director's cut of the movie, which is significantly better than the regular version of the movie. So if you remembered watching that movie back in the day and you're like, man, that movie sucked, but you didn't watch the extended cut. Go back and watch the extended cut. You might be pleasantly surprised. And the movie had a phenomenal soundtrack. It had all of like the best like hard rock bands from the early 2000s like came together in that album. Evanescence had two songs in that album. Uh, Nickelback actually had a decent track in that album. We had <laughs> Seether. We had Hoobastank. We had um, my favorite track, which was Rob Zombie teaming up with Drowning Pool to do the song man without fear which was a daredevil like centered song like it was all about daredevil come on come on come on come on daredevil see the man without fear like oh it's such a good song that's such a good album like it's not available on spotify which is very disappointing but um i highly recommend you find it some way shape or form even if it's just going on youtube and finding Somebody who put the whole album in one video. You can watch it on HBO Max with a script subscription. Well, there you go. I highly recommend going and watch, rewatching that movie. Something that I haven't done yet in quite a while, but I definitely want to. I didn't really have a whole lot of stuff to best off this week, but since Daredevil is still very prevalent on our minds, I best off to go back, watch the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. If anything, if if you find it to be like super terrible, find it for the humor because there are oh, definitely yeah. some moments in that movie where it's it's so ridiculous. It's funny. I'm going to watch. I've, ne- I've surprisingly, unsurprisingly, never seen it. Um, 
I'm going to watch it and rip the shit out of it just for you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, and I'll I'll go ahead and rewatch it myself because I can't get enough Daredevil at this point. So that's gonna be it for next week. But talking about watching things next week, if things go according to plan, Kyle and I are gonna reconvene next week after watching a little movie with a little pebble. And by a little pebble, I mean The Rock. Uh, he's in a new movie, a new little movie coming out called Black Adam. We're going to plan to watch that movie this weekend and hopefully talk about it. May- probably spoilers if we're going to spend the time oh, to talk about it. Brian, we're going to talk spoilers. Unfortunately, I've already had the post credit scene. Everybody spoiler. has. Yes, everyone has. But still, if you haven't, because I mean, that's, Blaine... that's something we need to talk about. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is very much promoting this movie by talking about that uh, post-credit scene to be oh, like, go and see this movie because you're going to want to watch this scene because bro, like some of the things that, again, we're, we're not going to spoil it this week in case you haven't heard. But... I don't think Dwayne's doing a good enough job. Let me just say, I previously before we started lo- uh, recording, I was looking at Black Panther tickets, right? There's a couple rows available still for that Thursday opening. I'm looking at this Thursday, two days from now when we're recording. There are maybe seven seats occupied in this theater. Oh, jeez. And it's the only time that it showed that day. That's. I suppose that's its Thursday release. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. I'll look at Friday. Maybe Friday's a little bit more. But still, I've... I'm I'm like you. I'm very excited for this. And I I have heard good things about this movie, surprising things about this movie from people who usually share the same viewpoints as me but have better connections and have already seen the movie. Um, they say that it's a lot of fun and it's very action-packed and that post-credit scene is definitely worth the ticket. So I am excited to go and check it out. Gonna have to convince the lady to do a double feature because we also wanted to see Halloween Kills. We didn't get to it last weekend. Or not Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. The third Halloween movie that just came out last weekend. We didn't get a chance to see it last weekend. We, I think we're planning to see it this weekend. Time escapes me and so do plans for time. (laughs) But gonna find a way to watch Black Adam so that we can talk about it next week. That is our show. We have been your Midwesterners. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwesterners. We are the Midwesterners podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to Midwesterners at gmail.com. Please remember, you can find our show wherever you find a podcast. Remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. All of these things help this channel to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwesterners show that you, the listener, want to listen to. If you're Midwesterners this week, I've been Brian Stoffel. Keep it nerdy!